Welcome to Entertainment Source Interviews. This podcast covers interviews with people of interest, including celebrities and celebrity profiles. I am your host, Mary Jensen. On this episode, I will talk with Nashville recording artist, Sonia Lee. When Sonia was seven and already getting to be quite the expert on adversity, she and her mom set off from the family's broken home for the middle of nowhere, Alabama. It was an early lesson for a future troubadour in turning hardship into potential. Following her 1998 debut, Remember Me, Sonia has performed extensively as a solo artist, headliner, and as a supporting act for the Marshall Tucker Band, the Zac Brown Band, and Blackberry Smoke. She has opened for legends, including Loretta Lynn and Willie Nelson. Sonia was a performer on the first three Melissa Etheridge cruises and will be joining Etheridge and other artists in October 2020 for cruise number four. Hello? Hey, Sonia. Yeah? Hi, this is Mary Jensen with Entertainment Source. Yes, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Is this still a good time for you? Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this interview. Um, this is for my... What's up? I said thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So... Um, Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is for my uh, monthly digital magazine called Entertainment Source. Um, so we're recording this today. Is that okay? Yes, ma'am. That's great. All right, ma'am. Wow. <laughs> uh, I was just raising. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're a country girl. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in Nashville right now. I am. I finally made it back. I was traveling a lot, so it's good to be back home in my house. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So um, you've been touring a lot lately. Uh, I've been. I've been. Doing a lot of co-writing out in L.A. this year, um, so taking less time for touring this year, except for just kind of major stuff like, you know, the cruise and um, other little festivals and stuff, so, and I do some stuff at Eddie's Attic in Atlanta, you know, but I've been focused on writing this year a lot. Oh, that's good, yeah, so you got a, a new album you're working on? Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm been kind of just writing and seeing what songs to do for that and what my next step is. And um, also, you know, doing stuff for film and television. You know, you know all the, all the songs you hear on the commercials and movies and things, uh, you know, I'm, that's what I'm kind of dipping my toes into. Oh, oh, wow, that's interesting. Now, have you done any so far that have been on TV? Or? I had some in the past, um, uh, a while back, and like on The Heart of Dixie and The Good Wife, and I had uh, a song on The Sims video game, um, and I had my song on um, Nashville, the show Nashville. I was actually um, did a cameo. Yeah, I actually have that here in my questions. I um I was a big fan of Nashville. I'm so sad it's over and um you know, we've been on all the cruises, so we've seen you on all the cruises and we're watching it one day and we're like, "Hey, 
that song you leave, we, 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 you know, we had to rewind it to make sure. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is her. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. What season were you in that? Do you remember? Um, was it four? How many seasons are there? I really don't know. <laughs> I think it's season four. Don't yeah. I could look that up anyway. Yeah, I'll look that one up, but. Yeah, so that was cool. Now, how did you get on there? Like, how did that come about? Um, let's see. Uh, I was in a, um, I performed in, uh, sorry, it should be right here. I'm trying to find this for you. That's okay. I mean, I can look up, you know, the, you know, what season it was and stuff like that. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I was, uh, there was a uh, sync panel um, show where people were here in Nashville where they had film and television supervisors on the panel, um, kind of listening to different people get up and sing and, um, they happened to like my song "When We Are Alone," and they synced it with, uh, with the Sims. And then I was out in LA doing working on a side project that I'm about to release pretty soon. And I just went by ABC to say hi to the um, sync supervisors that I've met, just to say hi. And and it was just kind of like right place, right time. They asked me if I wanted to try out for the acting role in it and I got it and I just played myself and I put my song in there. It was really cool. Yeah, that's nice. That's a good break, huh? Yeah. So it was really, really cool. What's the the new project you're working on? Can you share that? Or uh I'm keeping a little under wraps right now, but um it's a project called Rob the Man. Um, that is uh, going to be an eclectic compilation of musicians and writers um, that it's a genreless kind of have you ever heard of the gorillas? No. They're a rock band, so they're like an alternative rock band, so it's it's kind of like kind of like that. It's a whole bunch of uh, artists and writers and, and talented producers that I've met over the years um, getting together to do a project. So that's kind of pending. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. It's more of a grunge rock genre, though. So that's maybe something we'll see later down the road then. Yeah, my goal is this uh, in 2020 to get it out. Okay. So I was doing my research and everything, and I, I love how, like, I, I saw that um, you had moved to Alabama uh, when you were seven, um, and and you had moved into a house, and they had a, there was a record player there, and yeah. just a single, The Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, and yeah. uh, just a three-string nylon guitar. Um, now, what are the chances of that, right? That's a sign for you. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I mean, I it, it is 
the way kind of black has worked out, like some of the things that have kind of happened for me and absolutely like I couldn't make it up, you know? Yeah. Now, um, what did you think when you first saw, you know, saw the, the guitar and everything in there? Like, what was your first reaction? I mean, you were seven years old. Oh, well, you know, it was out in the country, so there was nothing to do. And, you know, I remember checking out the house. And obviously, I was young, so it's, you know, hard to remember exactly every detail. But um, I do know that I was just kind of really excited to pick up the guitar and immediately, you know, my dad, my dad played, so it wasn't a foreign situation for me, you know, I didn't grow up around music, and so, yeah, I wasn't, I was, you know, naturally gravitated towards, towards playing, and I sat in front of that record player and tried to learn that and I learned how to play that, you know, on one string, you know. So, you I didn't even know how to tune the stupid thing. So, yeah, that's so that's basically like how you got started in that young. Now, I I read too that was it like shortly after that you had a friend that had you write a song for for her boyfriend and yeah. and he said something about paying for you to go to a studio did that ever happen or yes uh actually that was another beginning to the series of very life-changing events that would unfold very very gradually for me um yeah so uh he did take me to the studio to record and while i was there a record exec from Electra Records happened to be coming into the control room where the producer sits. And I was in the, you know, the music booth. So I was in there playing my guitar. And I guess he heard me come, <clears throat> you know, and he stuck around, came to meet me, and kept telling me to play more songs and gave my parents his card and, you know, wanted to really help me. So, but I think that my parents kind of thought that I was too young at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was, yeah. Was that when you were still seven or were you a little older by then? I think I was about 13 or 14 then. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I kept his number though. And years later when I was 17 and I've, I called the number and he remembered me. I've never seen that man again. I was, I've never seen him again. And now, so then that's when you came out with your debut album, Remember Me. Is that where you got the, the title from? Um, I got that that title from a song, the title track song called Remember Me. It was a, it was a, I dreamed the song. <clears throat> I've, I've been going through a breakup and I woke up. And, you know, straight out of the dream and had wrote, wrote it down. I was singing that in my, in, my, in my sleep. So, yeah. And, and that was like that 1998? Yeah, I think it was around maybe a little bit earlier, maybe. Yeah. It's been a long time. So um, what label was that on? Um... 
I wasn't really on a label. I had um, they, they, the gentleman who I had met at the studio when I was 14, when I called him, he remembered who I was. And uh, he he said, hey, look, go and see this guy uh, called Jeep Hook in Atlanta, Georgia. He's from England, ironically. And he's, you know, he's just starting a studio. So I go and I meet with him. And then he tells me about another gentleman uh, called uh, Walter Stevens, who uh, was interested in partnering with him in his studio. And Steve really liked my music. So he approached me about managing me and uh, signing a single song like contract agreement, helping me get a record made. So that's how that ball got rolling. And um, I guess you could say it was on their kind of label called Zona Light Records, but it doesn't really exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But I did two records uh, kind of on that affiliation. And they were singles, you said? No, I did, uh, rem- I did Remember Me, that record, and then I did another record called Laundry. Oh, okay. See, I didn't find anything about that one. That's good. Um, so that Laundry was your second second album mm-hmm. then. And yeah, and you know those were you know you. Uh, I think that some people have them on Amazon for sale for ungodly amounts of money. And it's so ridiculous. I hope nobody's buying it because <laughs> I don't get any of that money. <laughs> yeah, the music's there, so you know. But it's just kind of. I think some people take advantage of the fact that those records aren't available anymore. You know. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, they're young, honest efforts. You know, and got me really started. So I, I'm very thankful for for all that that time in my career. But the domino effect, as you can see, started earlier. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah, that that is a very interesting story of of how you know so young and finding that record player and everything. It's meant to be for sure. And then, um, so your next album was it the Mad Hatter? Was that the next one or? Uh, no. Um, the, the very next record that I did was a live at Eddie's Attic indicator record. I, I put it out on my own. This was after I stopped. Uh, I, w- I wasn't on that other label. I managed by those particular people anymore. So, um, yeah, I recorded a live record at Eddie's Attic, and I just put it out um, through CD Baby and whatnot, and at my shows, you know, press, I would, you know, burn the CDs and play a poem hand by hand and, and all that, and that was, you know, how I, how I started doing that, and then after that, I did a record with Zach Brown's bass player. Uh, his name's uh, John Hopkins, and that's kind of how I fell into the whole Zach Brown camp, kind of. So, uh, yeah. That then I, I guess that that record, Runner Surrender, was probably my first studio record that I had done since Laundry. The one before that was like it's called Angel on My Shoulder. It was a lot of Eddie's Attic, and you can't get those anywhere anymore either. Oh, and that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so the Mad Hatter that came out 
That was um out shortly before the cruise, right? The last cruise? Or around that time. Oh, yes, no, that, actually, that was 2018. Oh, okay, 2018, then, that was released. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I released that uh, probably towards the, uh, January 2018. And before I released that, I did a, I did a record uh, with that was released on Zach Brown's label, Southern Brown Records, but uh, called 1978 December, which, like, those those previous records are no longer available. Like, you can get 1978 December at my shows, but they're not digitally or... Oh, okay. Uh, you know what I mean? They're not available in those ways. Yeah, I mean, that's probably why, like, I couldn't find anything else. You know, I didn't find any of those albums. Um, you know, just googling everything and going on to you know like uh different sites and stuff i didn't come across any of those but um yeah i mean if you have any of those like on the cruise next cruise i'll buy them for sure yeah i'll bring them i'll bring them um i've got a couple of the runner surrender records the eddie's attic record i don't really have but i was i've been thinking about bringing that back as like a special Mm -hmm. release and I also did a record at, at, at Abbey Road as well in 2018 like a live record that is not available I'm about to re-release that oh okay that was in 2018 okay yeah we I have some stuff on that too to ask you but um getting back uh to the Mad Hatter I I'm really mad at myself for missing the ball I was uh, <laughs> I was beat and, you know, and my girlfriend went, she stayed up, I was tired, like, three hours before the ball, and I don't know why I didn't think to, like, oh, you know what, come get me, let me go take a nap, And because she, she said it was so much fun, I'm, like, kicking myself that I missed it. Oh, oh well. it, was, it was super fun, I had such a good time. Yeah, I used to be able to stay up all night, I must be getting old, I don't know. <laughs> well, same here. You know, I've been kicking around for a long time at all hours of the night, and I find myself, you know, yeah. leaving leaving right after the gig. <laughs> yeah, it gets harder as you get older, unfortunately. But so, um, the so that album, um, where was that recorded? And uh, was it on a label, or did you record that on your own label? Yeah, I really said on my own. I, I started to learn how to produce uh, with a program called Logic Pro. And I was just really kind of learning the program on my spare time in my room here at my house. And so I started making these tracks and writing these songs. And I figured I would take those to a producer and say, hey, <clears throat> help me make these better or re-record them. This is kind of the idea that I want for the sound. Mm -hmm. But I took them, um, I took them to a couple of different producers and uh, one of them being Mitch Dane, who's here in Nashville. Um, he did Jars of Clay, uh, a whole bunch of their records. And um, he's an incredible, incredible producer and man. And he said, these are great. Um, why don't we just kind of spice them up a little bit, you know? And, you know, because I wasn't, I didn't know everything about the program, and I 
by all means didn't expect to be co-producing my own record. I thought I was just kind of going to give them ideas of what to do, you know, mm-hmm. but they liked what I did. So I did some of those tracks with Mitch here and um, some out in L.A. with a, uh, a gentleman called Michael Blue, who's he's worked with, with loads of people, including um, Celine Dion, you know. But um, he, yeah, and so I did some stuff with him out there for that record. And then another couple songs with a guy called Michael, Michael Wilshire. And um, we did Walking in the, I did Walking in the Moonlight um, here at my house and then brought the song to him because there were some more things that I heard that I just really didn't know how to do. And he helped me with that. And we finished writing the song together. So. There's there's a couple of different producers on that record, and I'm really proud of that, and I'm really proud that I got to express myself as a producer in that light. And, yeah, I'm proud of that record. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing album. I love it. Um, Thank you very but, much. And, you know, there's quite a diversity between the tracks with the sound on that album, and I, I guess you kind of just covered it a little bit. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share about your overall experience with making that album and the different sounds? Well, it definitely was a forward effort for me as far as genre, you know, because I've been slowly but surely kind of jumping out of the box of that country sound that I've kind of been associated with, which is great. It's how I've I've gotten my uh, start, and I'm definitely still um connected to that genre but uh i'm also song um, the songwriter in me loves to really expand and that that record gave me the the breathing room to kind of stretch my legs and do get outside of that kind of stigma of you know the country music world so mm-hmm. i think it was kind of a and it was a very healing record for me i went through a horrible breakup you know so I spent a lot of time alone writing that record um, and working in my room on it. So, yeah, I love the analog the uh, analogy in the lyrics for the title track. Um, and now that you mentioned like you were going through a breakup and stuff, um, that kind of, that song kind of makes sense. Um, how you related that to, you know, the actual Mad Hatter and 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 stuff. I, I really like how you did that. Thank you very much. I felt like I was. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, all true and a lot of, yeah, that's all true. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, that's, you know, I guess like all musicians and songwriters and stuff, that's where you get your material is your life experiences and what you're going through and stuff. Yeah. Thank God for music. It's saved my life a lot. And um, it's been a very good friend to me in my life. Now, um, so you, I think you had just mentioned uh, the Sonny Lee and Friends live in London. Mm. And this came out, that came out last year, right? Yes. And so that was recorded in London at Abbey Road Studios, huh? Yeah. How did that opportunity come about? To, to well, be able to record um, there. 
I did a songwriting camp at Abbey Road a couple of years before that. And um, I met uh, one of the engineers there. I wrote a couple songs with him. And so I'd, I was just finishing up my tour over there. I was touring over there at the end of 2017 for four months. And so I continued. I went to Italy for New Year's for my friend. And then while I was there, I was thinking, huh, I've toured with all these musicians here. And I wonder how much, I mean, I wonder if it's doable just to rent a, a studio at Abbey Road for, you know, a block of time. I wonder how much it is. And and the, my friend who had written with, he was an engineer there. So I, I hit him up and, you know, it was something that I was stretching my legs to do, but I had a Kickstarter uh, campaign that raised money for the Mad Hatter record. And I had a little bit left over from that. And, um, so I said, you know what, all in, I'm just going to do it, you know? So, um, yeah, I got, I got, I mean, it literally was a last minute thing. I booked a 10 hour session. I threw together a couple of different bands that I toured with friends that I, you know, set in on shows with me and, um, you know, they all knew the music cause we played it together. So I basically assigned different you know, musicians, their songs, and we showed up. No rehearsal, by the way. <laughs> we mm. showed up, we ran through the songs two or three times and moved on to the next song. So I wanted to get, you know, I wanted it to be as honest as possible. I didn't really care if it was perfect. This was more so something of saying, I just recorded something at Abbey Road, and, and I wanted it to be with my friends who been on my journey with me over in the UK and uh just I said when when other time in my life am I gonna wait to do it no just do it and so it was fun it was really fun and proud of it oh yeah I I bet I mean just to be able to record in such an iconic studio is yeah is amazing so um who were some of the people some of the other artists that you recorded with Anybody uh, on really the know? on the in the studio. Yeah, so yeah, and that for that album. Uh, well, there was uh, I had been on tour with a band called Broken Whip Rebels, and so some of the the drummer, bass player, and guitar player came uh, to be a part of the session. Um, I'd also been touring with a, a younger artist called Katie Hurt, and she's more of a country artist. Her and her band toured with me and backed me up on when I was on the road with Broken Wet Rebels. So I would let Katie sing during my sets to get, you know, her exposure. And um, so I brought all of them in. And I think Katie's amazing. So I wanted her to get her. I brought her on the Melissa Etheridge cruise, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, that whole band that was on the cruise. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Katie and all those guys, they were all on the record. The long-haired guitar player, Linda Barato, she plays for an artist called Kate Nash, and she also has played in many other bands, but she played on the record. Um, her uh, The keyboard player who was on the cruise, uh, just was, she did the uh, Claire de Lune open and closing uh, pieces on, on the record mm-hmm. in one take. She's incredible. Um, 
I had uh, my my friend Ollie Beach, who is the lead singer of um, why am I? Oh my god! <laughs> Give me one second. I don't mm-hmm. know why I'm jar in a blank. <laughs> so, oh, Electric Pyramid, my my. The name of all that, I'm going to say that name. Electric Pyramid, who uh, they've toured with Queen and stuff. And um, so, yeah, so he played uh, on, he sang with me on Old, uh, Old 55. And, you know, just bringing so many people together. Uh, and, oh, uh, Tony Moore, who was one of the founding members of Iron Maiden, did all the keys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so it was really cool. And uh, so I, that album, um, you did a lot of previously released songs. Uh, did you have any, like, uh, new songs on that? Yeah. Um, Alabama Bound, which is uh, only available on that version, and their Ladder to the Moon. Um, yeah, those two have never been recorded, so those are the only... Uh, only way you can hear those, but uh, I'm about to re-release it. So yeah, I was gonna ask you that because I didn't see it. I didn't see that anywhere either. <clears throat> like you know, to buy. Yeah, I unfortunately had uh some management issues that went not too well, so I had to pull it and restart over. Um, so that's my ne- next step for that. Do you think you might have um, that for sale on the cruise, or you don't know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might get it printed in vinyl. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's a great idea. A lot of a lot of artists are doing that, and, and the fans love to have the vinyl, so that's that's a great idea. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what song resonates with you most thus far in your career, and why? That is an incredible question and incredibly hard to answer. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, because I'm sure you have, like, so many songs that are, you know, you. Yeah, you know, to me, it, it feels so hard to answer questions like, like that because it's it's the same question of what style am I, which is, it's not that I don't know who I am. It's that I, I am a lot of different dimensions, you know, and one song is hard for me to, because there's so many different genres that I resonate with in my catalog. Mm -hmm. I would have to go through each genre, but I guess, I guess, I really love Ladder to the Moon and that's on, that is on the Live at Abbey Road record. But um, also, I really like Waste the Day on Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really, I really love that song a lot. And Sky Submarine is always a good one. I like that one. And Jack is Back. And uh, Mad Hatter. I think Mad Hatter is probably one of the songs, though, for me that really. Um, I think it encompasses a lot of st- sides of me, you know, and and 
but still keeps that songwriter element mm -hmm. there. <clears throat> so um, I know you said like uh, your father, he played guitar and stuff. Um, did you have any other musicians in your family? Do you have siblings or anything? Yeah, my sister sang, and um, she still sings in the church and stuff. And <clears throat> my dad's brother played the drums, and my grandfather uh, played guitar and mandolin. And his his wife, well, my grandmother's brother played fiddle and banjo, and my uncle played, as I said, my uncle played drums. And so, you know, and I was raised in Pentecostal church as well, so there was always music you know, at church and, you know, family gatherings and my dad wrote songs. So, you know, I was definitely always surrounded by music. And I'm so thankful for that because, uh, I, I do think that that was what I naturally went towards and never, ever thought of doing anything else, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, and having that, you know, a lot of, that influence in your life even if you know what I mean like if even if you wanted to do that you didn't have the influences in your life having them though I'm sure helped a lot and having that support and you yeah. know right there in your life so who mm -hmm. would you say has been the most influential person in your career hmm. is that a tough one too <laughs> <laughs> the mo um well, as far as inspiring me as an artist? Yeah. Well, that's, this rolls back to the kind of irony that I was telling you that, that you know, I can't make this up. You know, Melissa Etheridge was, uh, you know, one of my heroes. Like, she was the one that when I was coming out, when I was a kid, when I was in the closet, and I got a hold of her record uh, when Yes I Am came out. That was when I kind of figured out, you know, got into her music, but I dove deep into her catalog at 14 and learned how to play all her stuff, and I really was just, loved her lyrics, I loved the way, her chord progressions, her voice, everything, uh, I was just a huge fan, and I didn't really, I, I never have, like, uh, been in a fan club or anything in my life, I'm not, but I was at <laughs> fan club when I was like 15 and I had the fan club card and, you know, and, um, I wrote the fan, I wrote the, her a letter when I was like 15 and sent her one of my guitar picks and said, Oh, you know, thank you for your music. Um, and I said, I'll see you at the top. <laughs> oh yeah. But it was, <laughs> it was a very, like, you know, literally just a very, humble thing it was like i'm determined to be you know to make it you know you've inspired me that much it's basically what i meant you know mm -hmm. yeah i think i i think i heard you tell that story before too maybe it was on the cruise i don't know i, I think, think it did yeah and so um i don't know if it was i think it was on the second cruise when uh you were out playing by the pool and and you had melissa come out and you you guys sang my back door I was uh, like, that was so cool. And you looked uh, so happy. It was like, I mean, I got to watch the video again because I noticed you have it on your website. And um, that must have been so amazing. 
uh, I'm going to cry right now just thinking about that. that moment in my life was just everything that I have gone through. Um, you know, I've played stadiums. You know, when I was on Zach's label, I played with Eric Church, Willie Nelson, Loretta Lynn. I've, I've played with a lot of people. But that moment has to be, to me, the most standout moment of my life. Because mm-hmm. to me, I that was the moment where I'm like, I did it. You know, like I set my sights on getting to a place where I could be a camaraderie, you know, be respected by my hero, you know? And mm-hmm. so that was, that was just a moment that was so surreal to me. And I, I picked that song cause you know, we talked about doing a song and she said, like, well, what do you want to sing? And I said, well, I used to listen to my back door when I was, you know, younger, you know, that was my jam, you know? And so she was like, oh, we don't even do that hardly ever. We need to add that one back to the set list. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and for, for it to be a deep cut for her, too, was really special. Um, and, yeah, God, I'm glad that you realized that. It was just kind of seriously a, most of my best moment. So I would have to say Melissa Etheridge because influencing me in such a young age as her writing, her guitar playing, I learned how to play guitar to her music, you know. And yeah, just all around the board, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whenever you guys came out and did that, I was like, I was blown away too because, um, you know, like she said, she doesn't do that song anymore, and that's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> wow! So that was really cool, and I'm sure she was like excited to be out there singing with you too. I mean, obviously, she loves you. You're, you know, you're going on the fourth cruise, so she must be a big <laughs> yeah, fan of yours. You know, I was just excited to get on the first one, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, now I'm feeling greedy. <laughs> <laughs> but you bet your ass, I, I I make sure every cruise I put all of my all in and into it because I want I want to be valuable and I want to I want. I want to work my ass off to be there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not there to go play on the beach and I ain't there. Although that's great. Actually, she had to tell me, uh, last she was like, I want you to be able to go relax, you know, <laughs> but I'm doing what I love, you know? And so honestly, I, I, I'm not really a beach person, so it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> so that worked out good then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, though. She's telling you, okay, take a break. Go relax. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did it come about that you, you, you toured with Willie Nelson, Loretta Lynn? Uh, I mean, they're like legends. How did how did you get to do that? You know, um, when, I was, when I was on Zach Brown's label, Southern Ground Records, um, I had a booking agency called CAA, and... Um, they set they set those those shows up. You know, Loretta Lynn was my first concert. I'm probably sure you've read that in your research. And when I was five, that's when you know that was the show that I realized I wanted to play music. You know, I was at her concert, my very first concert, and it was her, Crystal Gill, Barbara Mandrell, and 
I don't know. I, what I what I loved about Loretta Lynn is, is the difference between her and other the other artists that I saw on that stage was she had that I don't give a shit attitude. What you think, you know, she had that edge and that wasn't happening, you know, in that time. And so mm-hmm. I immediately resonated with that as that at that age, which is interesting, you know. So yeah, it's, it's just another one of those things that here I am. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. How old were you when you saw her? For the I was five. Five. Wow. And you still remember like all of that back then? Yeah. Well, um, she. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I've always been a big Loretta Lynn fan too. I grew up. My parents always listened to country music, and uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Indian Ranch and in Webster, Mass. <laughs> it's a, it's an outdoor venue. Um and. It used to be all country music, like when I was a kid growing up, you know, they had the Red Lynn, Tanya Tucker, all of the, you know, all of them. And we used to go every Sunday and, and see the stars. And, and now they, they still do a lot of country, but they, Melissa actually was there this past summer and I went to see her there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, you should check it out. You know, like, if you're going to Yeah, ever send me do... a link if you don't mind. I'd love to. Yeah, no problem. Because if you like touring in this area, that'd be a great place. Yeah, I need to get to back up there. I mean, I, I, when I was touring a lot with Zach, I, was, I got to come up that way a lot. So. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'll send you the link after we're done here. Okay, so awesome. we, we talked about the cruises. I can't wait for the next one. Oh, my God. It's going to be so fun. Oh, it's going to be great. Okay, let's see. Okay, um, what what do you enjoy doing, like, when, you you know, you're not working or writing, you know, doing your music? What do you enjoy to do for hobbies? Or... I like to veg out. I just like to watch TV. I, I love um, comedies and stuff like that. Um, and I just kind of really like to just check out. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense because you I, I mean, and hang out with my friends, you know what I mean. But music mm-hmm. is like so present, you know. That... Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, I'm sure you're like extremely busy, you know, with your music and and writing and touring and stuff. That when you do get some downtime, yeah, you just want to relax. Yeah. So, is there anything, like, special that you would like to say to your fans in this article? You know, my fans are so awesome. And they have gone through a a long journey with me and seen me grow in so many different ways as an artist. And... I guess I just want to say thank you for listening to me, to for hearing me, and for giving a damn, you know. And <laughs> thanks for opening your hearts and like feeling it. And I hope that my music has done something to help somebody keep going, or to cry their eyes out to, or to get their day better, as my heroes' music have done for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope I, I my music has been a blessing to. Uh, just as much as music's been a blessing to me, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So thank you. That's all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I actually I emailed Jennifer uh, yesterday, and she sent me a couple of press photos. 
So okay. I've got those. And um, so what, I, do you know which one she sent? Um, she sent. Uh, well, she sent one. You're kind of like standing up, and you got your hands are like running through your hair, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. with the blonde hair. And mm -hmm. then I, one that you're laying down, and um, I don't know. I think you were making like a face in that or something. Oh yeah. Or you had like your mouth open. I can't yeah. remember exactly, but those are the two. And um. Are you okay with those? Yeah, those will be great. And she sent me. Oh. Um, I forget who, you know, uh, the photographer that took the pictures too. So I'll put that in as a photo credit. Awesome. Thank you. But um, I think I'm all set here, and unless you have something you'd like to add. No, that's, that's it. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. That was a great, great interview. I really enjoyed <laughs> talking with you. I enjoyed you. it. All right. Have a good night. You too, darling. Bye-bye. Entertainment Source Interviews is an Entertainment Source production. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and where you listen to your podcasts. You can follow Entertainment Source Interviews on Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to make a donation to our tip jar, you can find the link in the episode notes. Thanks for listening. Check out my other podcast, It's Just a Ghost.